Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry, coming to you from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith located in Bradenton, Florida. Check us out online, manatee.life.church. Got the link in the show notes. We also have a Facebook page over there. You can uh, check out that link in the show notes as well. Today, we're going to head back over to the sanctuary and talk about following Jesus in today's world. And we'll use a scripture from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Before we do that, I wanted to talk about the concept of grace. And throughout this journey I call life, uh, grace has always been difficult for me to understand and worse for me to accept at times. There was a time I fully subscribed to a faith relationship that was lacking in love. I was full of sin, and God was a punishing being in my mind. The teachings of the Bible were void of the love that I knew so well as an adult. I've come to understand grace, though, in a wholly different way, experiencing enormous amounts of love, even for the parts of me I've been ashamed of. The truth of the matter is, I've caused harm in my life. And yet, the last thing God wants is for me to hang on to those mistakes. Why? Well, because when we sit in the shame of our past, we miss the good things in our present, the beauty of forgiveness, the opportunity for growth, and the support of our communities. Still not convinced, are you? Well, let's look at some facts. Scientific American concludes through a multitude of studies that people who fall victim to shame are at risk for depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. What's worse is we don't even need to receive tangible judgment from others to feel shame. Just imagining a negative response triggers that gut-wrenching feeling of shame. Psychology Today describes shame as a concealed, contagious, and dangerous emotion, leading people to withdrawal and addictions. This is not the life God has intended for us. Now make no mistake, moving past this, the all-too-familiar place of shame, guilt, and regret is not easy. Sitting in that feeling is the last place God calls us to be. And I often find myself using Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 as a mantra when I get to that point or start going there. It reads, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is a gentle reminder to myself of who my Creator is and the gifts God created in me. Shame, guilt, and regret trap these God-given gifts inside of me and hold them hostage from the people God has placed in my life to receive them. Here's the challenge for those of you who find yourself in similar mind spaces as I do from time to time. Make an attempt to radically love all of who you are because that is exactly how God loves you. All right, let's head over to the sanctuary for following Jesus in today's world. God's word for today, our scripture lesson for this morning, comes to us from Matthew's gospel, the fourth chapter starting with, says on the screen verse 16, but we're starting with verse 18. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, 
he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. So following Jesus in today's world, following Jesus, that's what we're talking about today. And we'll start out, we're going to take a a little bit of a different perspective on this. But first of all, the main point is, it is impossible to follow Jesus in today's world if we are not remaining in God's love. Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in you. We need to remain, abide, remain in God's love. Everything else that we talk about today uh, is impossible for us to do on our own unless we are abiding in God's love. Remaining in God's love is allowing God's love to filter every thought, feeling, and action we have. It's making God's love the foundation of our lives. When we remain in his love, we don't compromise our convictions to conform to culture, whatever culture may say. Instead, we use our faith to transform the world around us. And the bit of a different take I want to look at this morning, a different perspective, if you will. Matthew 4, the first verse, 18, says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Now, over in the book of Hebrews, we're told that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, that being true, Jesus telling these disciples follow me, I believe he also is calling us in the same way. Drop your nets, follow me. Drop your nets, follow me. And of course, we want to respond to that call, don't we? I guess we all have sometimes prayed that prayer, Lord, I want to follow you. And we have sung the songs, I have decided to follow Jesus, right? We've sang that with all of our hearts. And we want to respond to that calling that those disciples had received. However, there's one important question. John Maxwell said, if if you're wondering if you're a good leader, turn around and look and see if anybody's following you. Jesus 
is looking for followers. He's not looking, as I said earlier, for fans or admirers. He's looking for followers. But the question that comes to my mind when I follow somebody, where are they going? Where are they leading us to? And that's the question I want to look at this morning. Because if we're going to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Yes, I'm dropping my nets, Jesus. I'm all in. I'm going to follow you. Where's he going? If you mean business with your commitment, you're going to end up where that person's going to end up. We're going to end up where Jesus ends up. So where's he going? What's his destination? Well, in Luke 15, Jesus gives us three parables that give us a glimpse of where he's going, what his destination is. It's the parable, the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son or prodigal son. Not going to read that entire chapter, but here are Luke 15, starting with verse 4 through 10. The first two parables say this. Uh, Jesus speaking here, he says, Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then Jesus goes on to tell the parable of the prodigal son. Basically, it's a very familiar parable. One father had two sons. One son, I don't know if you have any children or grandchildren like this. I know I I have children like this. One son decided he knew better than the father. Give me all of my inheritance right now basically saying to him, in that culture and in that time, uh, you know, I want what I want, and I kind of wish you were dead. Doesn't get the inheritance until the father passes away. So it's heartbreaking. Well, the father gives him his inheritance, gives him what he thinks he wants, and he lives it up. He lives it up until he finds himself wallowing with the pigs and actually craving to eat what the pigs are eating, the slop. And then Jesus says in this parable, he came to his senses. (laughs) I've been there. He came to his senses. You know, what am I doing here? My father has servants that are 
living better than I am right now. Now, he decides to go back to his father, ask for his father's forgiveness, and doesn't want his status back as his son. Just make me like one of your hired hands, one of your servants, or even a slave for that matter. He's walking back. He's, I can imagine him talking this conversation through in his head as he's going back. Okay, when I see him, this is what I'm going to say to him. But when he's still far away, Jesus said, the father saw him far away. And the father ran to him and embraced him. And an interesting one commentator said, in that time and in that culture, for a respectable man, Jewish man, to run anywhere was frowned upon. They didn't do it. I don't know the reasoning behind that, but that was the culture at the time. That's how he threw off all cultural conventions. He loved his son that much and was so thrilled to see him coming back home, even when he was still far off. Throw a party for him. So we see something, some things that are in common in these parables. There's something in all three of these parables that's in the wrong place. There's something that's in the right place. And then there's a person in each one of these parables that represents God. Now, the first parable, we have that one lost sheep. That one lost sheep's in the wrong place. The 99 sheep are in the right place. And the shepherd represents God. In the lost coin, the parable of the lost coin, that coin was in the wrong place. The other nine coins were in the right place. And the woman searching is a representation of God. In the parable of the prodigal son, the prodigal son is in the wrong place. One could say, the although he did have some issues of his own, the older brother, who had been with him that whole time, with the father that whole time. You remember he ended up getting jealous that this brother had come back after all his wild living and the father was throwing a party for him. I've been serving you this entire time, never left your side. But he was in the right place. The father represents God and his love for us. So we have something in the wrong place, something in the right place, and a representation of God in all three of these parables. So Jesus says, follow me to us, to you and me. And we ask, where are you going? I would imagine Jesus is saying, follow me, cast your nets, Follow me. Follow me not only to church on Sunday, even though that is part of the deal, but follow me more than anything to find another lost sheep. Follow me to find another lost coin. 
follow me to welcome back a lost daughter or son. Let's go back to Matthew 4 that we read earlier. We got Peter, and we know Peter followed Jesus. He did it very, very well. But there was a point where Peter didn't do it so well. He was in the right place, and then he ended up in the wrong place. Later on in his life, Jesus is arrested, and Peter made an adjustment in the way he followed Jesus. Matthew 26, 58 said, But Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. So at this point, the stakes are high. Jesus is in the middle of his this kangaroo court, this mock trial, if you will, uh, with all kinds of bogus charges being brought against him. And it would cost a lot to be associated with Jesus at this point. It involves risk, risk of Peter's safety, his own security, his own comfort. All of a sudden, the scripture says it very well. But Peter was following him at a distance. He distanced himself from Jesus. He's still following Jesus, but he's following at a distance. And if you read this chapter later on, Matthew 26, you'll see how people come up to Peter asking him, aren't you one of his disciples? Surely you're one of them. And all of a sudden he starts to say, no, 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 I don't, I don't even know the man. Don't even know the man. And he curses and he swears. And what we see here is that when we allow distance in our following, and this is the, the warning, if you will, it's easy to say, yes, I'll follow Jesus. I'll follow you, Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. But when it gets a little tough and we distance ourselves from Jesus, we find it hard to search for that lost sheep, to search for that lost coin, to welcome that lost brother, sister, son, daughter. Yeah. There's a distance. I don't even know him. And all of a sudden, the focus is on us, our security and our safety, and not on finding that lost sheep, lost coin, or lost son. You see, if these people had come up to Jesus just a little bit earlier and said, aren't you one of his disciples? He would have surely responded, yes, I am. Praise the Lord. Yes, I'm one of his followers. We're sitting here on Sunday morning, and we go around the room. And I said, aren't you one of his followers? Yes, yes, yes I am. Praise the Lord. But then it gets hard. It gets troubling out in the real world, in today's world. Well, watch the news. <laughs> That's all you got to do. One 30-minute news broadcast to tell you how bad things are. And it gets tough. Do we distance ourselves? 
And then the next thing you know, we're saying, I don't even know the name. There's a distance, and it affects the way we look at other people when we're distanced. We're not abiding in God's love. If there's a distance, it affects the way we look at other people. All of a sudden, our whole goal is our own comfort and security, holding on for life to anything that might save our own lives. But praise God, Peter went back to following Jesus. After the resurrection, he was fully restored, and he was back at following Jesus up close, and immediately it was all about other people again. Remember when Jesus told him, after the resurrection, Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? Yes, yes, Lord, I love you. Second time, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Third time. Simon, do you love me? And scripture tells us that Peter was saddened. He was hurt that Jesus asked him a third time. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Parenthetically, by the way, I don't think it's a coincidence that Peter denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus asks Peter three times. Do you love me? And then what did Jesus say? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Search for that lost sheep. Search for that lost coin. Welcome that lost son or daughter. So the challenge for us following Jesus in this Crazy, crazy world we live in. In today's world is realizing that now is the time to follow Jesus where he is going. Meaning, giving our all, casting our nets, giving our best to find that lost sheep, finding that lost coin, and finding that lost son. And how do we do that? Remain in his love. Remain and abide in his love. That's key. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we pray in this time that can be so individualistic and so selfish that our hearts and our following of you will not get infected by the spirit of this world. We pray that we will be the ones to follow you, to find the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son until there is no lost sheep left, no lost coin left, no lost son or daughter to welcome back. But they've all been gathered into your hands, O oh God. Father, forgive us when we fail and help us in following you to seek and to save that which was lost. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we leave here today, may we remain in God's love and follow Jesus where he's going. No turning back. No turning back. Go in peace.
All right, following Jesus in today's world. No turning back, no turning back. Be sure to join Manatee Life Church live every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. You can come by and visit us in person if you're in the area or online. ManateeLife.Church, got the link in the show notes. And also on our Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, got a link to that in the show notes as well. Get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. You can go to our Facebook page or Instagram page and links to those are in the show notes as well. And hey, wherever you're listening to this today, whether this episode, if you are listening on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, so many places you can listen to us wherever you're listening right now. If you would click subscribe, that way you never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and invite you to join us next week for another edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast. Here's the last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. From Manatee Life Church, I'm Jerry Wicker. Keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.